Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Thankful you guys are here once again joining me on the episode. How are y'all doing? Are you guys doing good? What's the world like in your neck of the woods? Right now, I'm currently working from home every day. It's been kind of nice to have a little bit of extra time. Um, and I, I've chosen uh, to look at the positives in our current situation. Now, there's many, many negatives, and, and it's very easy to get caught up in that type of thing. But for me, what I want to do each morning is look at what I have in front of me that's blessing my life. And right now, it's extra time with my kids. My son is almost 10. My daughter's 7, going on 13. <laughs> You know, and I'm just enjoying some extra time. We're forced to slow down. We're forced to not be busy, you know, and we're forced to get rid of some of those things that were just noise in our life. And for me, it's been, it's been a total blessing and I'm really enjoying it. Now it's, it's not fantastic and it's not the best case scenario, obviously, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck at home. You know, my wife's not working right now and there's some, some negatives there, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, all four of us, one of our love languages is quality time. So it's working out really nice for us and, and we're focusing on that stuff intentionally. And so if you're struggling right now and if you're hurting right now, I, I highly suggest, you know, practicing gratitude. Um, there's always something to be thankful for. If you can hear this, you're alive. You know, if you're not sick, there's another thing. If no one in your family has been affected by the coronavirus there's another thing you know there's there's many things and they may not be big things they may not be grandiose things but there are things to be thankful for so intentionally looking at those things are going to benefit you in this time when things are different you know if you struggle with change um you know my roommate does that (laughs) she she struggles with change but you know she likes to plan things out she likes to stay organized and that's you know we balance each other out that way um i'm i'm always spontaneous i fly by the seat of my pants but she brings a little bit of balance into my life and i hope that i do that for her to be a little bit better with change and so this change what even though it was hard to begin with has been beneficial for all of us and as a family it's we're getting some more time to do some things that i've wanted to do for a while not necessarily gigantic things either it's the little things honestly that are going to make the biggest difference and so the more that you can spend time on acknowledging that stuff the more that you can let yourself enjoy smaller things right there's not a lot of big stuff we can do right now and there's a lot of unknown there's a lot of uncertainty and for people with anxiety that's a trigger you know when there's uncertainty we'd like to fill that gap of uncertainty with our own little story And so it's understandable if your anxiety is cranked up right now, if you're hypersensitive and not in, you know, sensitive as the matter of everything's going to bother you, but hypersensitivity with anxiety is that everything or nearly everything will make you anxious. It's like being sunburned. Like the last thing you want to do is go out in the sun when you're sunburned. Well, the last thing you want to do when you're feeling anxious is to be around those things that cause you anxiety. But that's where the key lies. When you're healing, the more you can expose yourself and overcome some of those daily battles of the things that make you anxious, the more likely you're going to be able to deal with them. You know, it's it's Eckhart Tolle. Tolle or Tolle? I don't even know. I'm Norwegian, so I can't pronounce anybody's name. But Eckhart Tolle, um, he's got a quote that says, all negativity, all negativity 
is caused by an accumulation of physiological time and denial of the present. Unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, all forms of fear are caused by too much future and not enough presence. Guilt, regret, resentment, shame, grievances, sadness, bitterness, and all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past and not enough presence. And so right now, I'm sure like throughout your day, you're wondering about the what-ifs. What's going to happen next? How long are we going to have to practice social distancing? How long till I go back to work? Um, a lot of that stuff is, is unknown. And the best way to approach that right now and, and what I'm doing is I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm game planning what I can do today. Um, you know, A, to save money, B, to enjoy my family, C, work, D, what you know, and I'm just kind of going down the line to what are the things right in front of me right now? Obviously, it's a microphone right now, but like, what are the things in my day that I can um, control? And, and it's always going to be my reaction is number one. That's really the only thing I can control is my reaction to situations. Now I can control my attitude, but that also has to do with thought. You know, thoughts and emotions and feelings are directly connected. So if you want better thoughts, feelings, and emotions, do it intentionally. You know, be proactive, practice. It's like training yourself for any kind of competition, training yourself for any kind of skill. Like if you're learning a skill right now, throw in mental practice to that mix and, and it's going to benefit you in the long run. Some things that I'm doing right now, um, I'm reading a book right now by Mel Robbins and part of the episode will be talking about some of the information she has on there. Um, but it's called Take Control of Your Life, How to Silence Fear and Win the Mental Game. Fantastic book for people with anxiety. Um, reason being is that she does case studies and she actually does some coaching sessions in the audiobook. Um, I don't, I don't have the, the paperback, so I don't know if it's set up that way, but I imagine that it's pretty much the same. Um, but she does these case studies with these different people that have different situations. Uh, the first one was Dan, um, and he was afraid of not uh, going to figure out what he should do with his life. And this is something that is pretty standard for everyone. It's very rare that you find people be like, oh, I know exactly what I want to do with my life. I had that. I thought I knew. Um, you know, I wanted to be a professional athlete and I got very close. I don't have any regrets with how that turned out. Now I self-identified as an athlete. And so I struggled with my personal identity after that was done, but I don't look back and say, man, I wish I could still play football. <laughs> and in fact, when, when we watch the NFL, I'm like, thank God I'm not out there right now with these guys. I just the thought I'm 42 now. So the thought of getting hit by someone like that just is not appealing. Um, but back to the book, this, this Dan, you know, they talk about his fears and triggers with that. Um, some of his patterns that he does, some of the takeaways, what's his new pattern. And so it's, it's a really good case study. If you haven't had one-on-one -on -one coaching for anxiety, it's kind of a good to, uh, it'd be like in a chat room when you don't text, you know, when you're in a group chat, it's kind of like an outside way to watch what's going on and still gather the information and learn something from it. Um, a good part about it too is on her website, she has a little workbook that you can use to kind of help work, work yourself through that. Um, it, it's, it's a very good book and I'm going to talk about some of the, the takeaways from that uh, moving forward here. Um, and so uh, just for, for starting out, um, here's 10 science-backed habits that are proven to get you in touch with how your inner wisdom works. Like how does your brain work? Uh, number one is take a walk in the woods or get out in nature. 
fantastic thing to do. I've been doing that a little bit more. Obviously we have to pick and choose what we can do. And so we've gone on some walks. My daughter likes to walk and she's, she's the one that's um, kind of pulling me into that. And it's been very beneficial. Um, the one thing I do is I focus on my breath and I'll put my hand on my belly button just to make sure my stomach is going in and out and I'm not breathing with my shoulders going up and down. You want to get full deep breaths. And the way to do that is through your stomach, but I will breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth just there's no really time frame that you need to count or anything like that but just enjoy the fresh air uh, number two same thing take 10 deep breaths now if you're at work if you're working at home if you're in your my your wife's walk-in closet like i am um just take a break and take 10 deep breaths you know just take as as far as you can go hold it for a second or two and then exhale and again going through in through your nose and out through your mouth and in fact that's the technique of, of that is from track. That's where I learned about that is inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. Cause I was really not great at long distance running. And so when we would have to do that in track, I'm like, man, I just feel like I can't breathe. And so I don't even know who it was. I think it was um, one of my friends that's a, that was like a state uh, champion and ended up running at Kansas that was telling me about breathing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, and I've remembered it, you know, up until today. So, um, the, <laughs> This is funny because um, I get teased about this, and it's hilarious because I'm gigantic. I'm 6'3", about 230, and taking a long bath. And so just imagine a giant tattooed guy with a big beard, bald head, um, taking a bath. And for me, I, I, you can look at the um, astrology or whatever it is, your sign. Um, I, I really relate to water. I don't, I don't try to figure it out. I just know I like it. You know, and I'd try to do more of that. And one of the things I like to do is take a bath. Now it's, it's both cold and hot baths, but more than likely you're going to be someone that likes comfort. And so taking a nice warm bath, you can even throw in some Epsom salts, some, uh, you know, burn some incense. Um, you can do some stuff with lighting. Um, they have like wave machines or you can just like, if you're like me where color affects your mood, um, it's something that you might want to try there as well. And then you can also do some essential oils. I do not recommend doing peppermint. <laughs> I made the mistake of doing that and it burns um, right where you don't want it to, especially if you're a guy. Obviously, I'm not a girl, so I don't know, but that was a mistake. Do not do peppermint. Um, number four, do a detox from news and social media. This is fantastic right now. The news and social media are terrible if you're worried about getting sick. There's a lot of misinformation. Um, I'm not going to call it fake news. It's just misinformation. Um, and the best place to go for this is the CDC in your respective state or um, do your, uh, what's it called? Uh, health, uh, yeah, the health department of your state. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of what it's called. I was just looking at it the other day, but I actually put it on Facebook too. Um, number five, spend at least 30 minutes working on a creative hobby. This is something I brought back around and I talked about it on the last episode. Um, I started painting again. And it was something that I was really into in college and even in high school, it was kind of my way to, um, it was my meditation. I would say back then before I really knew what meditation was, it was kind of my way to hyper-focus into something creative and quiet the noise in my brain. And so I started getting back into that and I got, I got some acrylics and then I got some acrylic pens, very rusty, but, um, you may see some pictures up on the story from, for Instagram here from time to time. So spend at least 30 minutes working on a hobby during the day, you know, and if you some of these things you're saying like, well, I don't have time. You can always get up earlier. I mean, that's, you can, 
you can get up earlier unless you work night shifts, do it right before you go to bed. There's always time if you if you were really wanting to heal, you can find time and make time. Number six, spend time with family and friends who support you. Now, not everybody is as fortunate as I am, and I understand that. You may not have family and friends to lift you up and to be there for you, but reach out to those in your life and find creative ways to get in contact with them. You know, with technology these days, you're an email, a FaceTime, a phone call, a text away. So lean on those people that you know are going to lift you up. If you don't have one, hit me up. I'll, you know, I'll get to know you. You know, we might not be a match to um, be friends or whatever, you know, who knows? You never know until you try. If something like that holds you back is be like, well, what if they don't like me? That's, that's part of your thinking that needs to be fixed. It's part of that self-doubt thing that we do. We have a foregone conclusion. We put up a roadblock and stop ourselves before we even start. It goes hand in hand with anxiety. Uh, Number seven, say five things that you are grateful for, right? I mean, I talk about that all the time. Um, eight, meditate for 10 minutes. Now, if you're not someone that likes to meditate or what I'll, I've also run into people that were like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't really do that kind of thing. And, and I hear that with yoga and meditation. But the one thing I always say to people is if you are Christian or religious or Catholic or whatever your religion is, and you are praying, you're speaking to your God, whatever your God may be. Meditation is just simply listening, right? Whether it's your God your religious figure or the universe, you need to take time to listen, right? Now, not necessarily you're going to hear this life-changing message. It could be just something as simple as quiet and silence. Maybe that's what you need at that time. Take it for what you will. Um, That's what it's at. And that noise you just heard was my daughter popping her head in here to give me a hug. My kids are very like affectionate, so I love it. Like I'm just sitting in the closet. They open the door and give me a hug. It's fantastic. Uh, number nine, engage in a relaxing exercise like yoga, hiking, tai chi. Um, I've been doing walks, or, or uh, I have an aerodyne bike, um, assault bike. I just ride that for like 30 minutes in the morning just to get moving. Uh, it's been beneficial for me because I do sit a lot during the day, but I just get up and get moving. Um, when you're doing like slow, long cardio type things like this, uh, just focus on your breath. Your breath is going to be huge, you know, especially for people with anxiety. We underbreathe and we underoxygenate. Uh, mainly because we're breathing up in our chest. And so things that you're doing while you're moving, focusing on your breath, full breaths in, full breaths out, focusing on that stomach and stomach out are going to be super beneficial. Um, the one thing with under oxygenating, if you're anxious, is it's going to cause some physical symptoms. And, and if you're someone that tunes into those and gets anxious because of those, um, that's something you want to watch out for. It's, it's, it's an issue with your breath more so than an actual physical ailment. Uh, and number 10 is sit in silence for 15 minutes. I can't, I hate this one. <laughs> I'm someone that has, is a busy body. Um, I can do it, but I have to be doing something. Otherwise I just kind of get antsy and it's, it's been a good test for me. Um, with, with meditation, I usually do 10 minutes or less, sometimes five minutes or less. Just, um, it's more quality than quantity for me. You don't need to do half an hour, hour of meditation. Now you can work up to that, but starting out, I would say five minutes or less of meditation, just focusing on your breath and letting uh, thoughts float away um, is going to be your best bet to get uh, going on a uh, meditation practice. Next up, uh, she goes on to this uh, gal named Heather, I believe. 
let me get to it here. I'm scrolling. Yeah, Heather. Um, she's afraid of failing. And this is one that kind of hit home as well. Um, she is a perfectionist and, you know, she focuses on being perfect. And that's kind of the household she grew up in. Um, the wonderful thing about a character trait like perfectionism is you're really good at things and you achieve a lot. But the bad thing is nothing is ever good enough when you do achieve it. And now I'm not necessarily a perfectionist with everything in my life, but there are a few things. And so this one kind of hit home too. And for me, it was focusing more so on growth than accomplishment. Um, my personality, if you're an Enneagram, uh, not like me, I, I just enjoy reading that stuff. I'm a three. And so I am an achiever. Um, as soon as I achieve something, I move on to the next thing. I don't do it for a medal, um, any kind of accolade, any kind of recognition. It's just like, I want to achieve this. I'm going to do it, period. Then I move on to the next thing. What's the next thing I can chase down? And so replacing the actual achievement with like status, you want to focus on the growth that you got to um, enjoy while you were accomplishing that goal. And that's where presence comes in. You know, it's if you're acknowledging like, okay, today I checked off these boxes and I'm thankful that I was able to do that. You're going to enjoy the process more so than being like, man, I learned a lot when you're done. Um, it's harder to um, acknowledge and enjoy that stuff past the goal. Um, but the other thing with this, this gal Heather that she talks about is she was one that tuned into her physical symptoms and there's, the reason that I would recommend this book is there's this 90 second rule and it's about how your body has a response, um, 90 seconds when you're around something that's anxious. And it was kind of a light bulb moment for me, um, because I know this when I speak, once I get past the first minute, minute and a half, I feel better. And what I didn't know is that there's all these physical symptoms that are ingrained in my memory. My body remembers this feeling and say, okay, here we go. Here's the anxiety coming. Well, you can unlearn that. And, and the reason that I, I had this light bulb is like, man, if I can just name that physical feeling like I do, I say, okay, here's anxiety. But if I say, okay, that's my heart popping up. Okay, here comes the anxiety. And if I can kind of narrate this in my mind, I'm going to be able to squash it even further. And maybe I get that minute and a half, two minutes, one, whatever it is, down to 30 seconds. And so like for me, it was like, oh, sweet. And so what, what, uh, this Heather had, and, and I, this might be a trigger for some of you that I talk about this stuff. So just a heads up, um, her, her throat was closing. She had chest and heart tightness. Um, she could feel her, her eyes welling up and getting some tears, you know, stomach aches, nauseous, hands trembling, face flushes, heartbeats quickly, you know, get a little rash on your neck. Some people kind of break out or turn red or get blotchy and, some of these things are how I know when I meet someone that has anxiety. Those are some of the, the things that I can see in other people and I can see the anxiety popping up. And so um, some of the things that she was talking about, um, and, and they're fantastic too, and they're going to be very similar to the previous one. Um, but next time your body goes on alert, here's some things that you can do to kind of help slow your body down. Um, breathe slowly and you can count to 90. And this is something that I do prior to getting up to give a talk. Um, so breathe slowly. You can count to 90. So you can count to 90 breaths if you have time. Um, you can count backwards or forwards, just breathing slowly. Um, you can get up and walk around. 
Uh, you can do 90 seconds of exercise, you know, do some burpees, do some air squats, do some lunges. Now that might increase your heart rate, but like the, the um, hormones that are going to be released are going to help you out. Um, another one that I recommend, and this isn't always um, plausible or, or feasible, is jumping in a cold water. You guys probably get sick of me talking about that, but it, it is fantastic for um, squashing physical symptoms because your body prepares itself to go underwater. And what that does is it brings everything down. Um, another one, and this is a good one, if you're someone that enjoys hugs, is you can hug somebody for 90 seconds. It's going to be awkward. <laughs> Make sure it's somebody you know. Don't just grab a random person. I mean, it'd be kind of weird if you just went and hugged somebody, um, especially today. Uh, but if you went up and hugged somebody just that you didn't know for 90 seconds, it'd be extremely awkward. But, you know, hug somebody. You know, there's a lot of hormones that are released when you do hug someone. Um, and when you do this, make sure you go heart to heart. This is something that I learned from a friend of mine long, uh, many, many years ago is when you hug someone, you know, put your head to the right of their head. That means you know, their heart, your hearts are connecting. And if you believe anything about energy, um, it kind of amplifies the meaning and the feeling behind a hug when your hearts are uh, together. Uh, you can hold someone's hand for 90 seconds. I don't know. I, I, that seems weird to me. Um, I'm not much for holding hands. I do with my kids. I've just never been that way. I don't know why. It could be just that I'm I'm kind of a ADD kind of guy. And I'm like it feels like I'm being held down. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Maybe I need to explore that a little bit. Again, meditate for 90 seconds. Um, and then the final one is ground your feet. Feel your body in the chair grounding. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, if you can, if your feet don't stink, slip your shoes off and kind of rub your toes on the carpet or the ground wherever you're at, and focus on that feeling more so than what's going to be triggered in your body at the moment. And so, you know, that 90 second rule is a game changer for me. It's something to think about for you because once you get past that 90 seconds, your brain can take over, right? You have all these physical symptoms. And for me, I don't try to stop them. I kind of let them run their course because if I do that, I don't crank myself up to the point where there's no, there's the point of no return and I have a panic attack is I let them do their thing and then I can move on and go on with my talk or go on with the activity that I'm doing. It was the same thing with um, whale watching when we went on vacation. I felt that stuff come up and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let it do its thing because soon it's going to be gone. And I didn't know that it was this 90 second rule. And it's something I'll probably talk a little bit more about because it's one of the things that's really made sense for me. And I think that it'd be something that you can um, look at, right? And, and it might work for you. The other thing that they talk about is some of the questions you ask yourselves when you're getting anxious. Um, some of the ones that they talk about are like, are you sure you can do it? Maybe you don't have the talent. Uh, I'm not any good at this. What if I fail? And this is for people that are perfectionists. Um, I can't do it perfectly. Should I even try? And this is something that hit home for me because I'm, I'm someone that if I... If something is going to be hard for me, there are times where I will put in less effort just, and this is something that I learned in therapy is that just enough effort to get it done. But if it fails, then I'm like, well, I didn't put my full effort in. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing, but I know it like some people don't even know that's why they do it. Um, and it's something that you should look at for yourself. If you're if you're afraid to accomplish things, or if you're afraid to chase things down, if you have a dream that you're just kind of sitting on, it probably has something to do with being afraid to fail. 
And, you know, it's, it's happened to me and it still happens to me and I didn't realize it, but, um, now that I'm aware of it, I can be like, well, that's why you're not doing it. And so you can have a hard talk with yourself and, and, you know, admit to yourself that that's why you're doing it. Um, and then the last one I'll talk about here on the episode here is, um, this, uh, gal Rosa, she's afraid of dealing with the mess that her life has become. Um, she clings to her stuff and someone that like my son, that stuff has a lot of meaning. He's kind of a things guy. And it's very interesting to me because he can remember like birthday gifts from four years ago and he's only nine. He'd be like, oh yeah, uh, Nana gave me that when we were at her house for uh, my birthday and, and et cetera, et cetera. I mean like, wow, like I, I couldn't tell you where I got half my stuff, if not more of my stuff. Um, but some people are things. And so some of her, this Rosa's fear were getting rid of stuff. And so she was accumulating this stuff, hoping that it would give her what she was looking for. Um, and, and for, for people that things are, are emotions and there's, there's memories and this is going to be a struggle for you. Um, but sometimes what you need to do, um, is distract yourself. And so going through your inbox, rearranging your living room, organizing your closet. Organizing is going to be huge for you. Um, and I, I suggest when you're organizing and you're sorting things out is acknowledge the memory and close your eyes. And when you're doing that and you're reliving this memory of this object, being like the object is not the memory. The memory lives inside my mind. Right. It's not necessarily the, the, the object can trigger a memory, but it actually lives inside your brain. And one thing that you can do, and I, I highly suggest this as we do this with artwork with our kids is use something like Evernote, which is just like a, a virtual, uh, file cabinet. We'll take pictures of artwork instead of accumulating it and throwing it in a drawer and then getting rid of it a year later as we'll take a picture of it. And I have a file folder for each kid. Um, and you can do this with objects. And then after you take the picture, write a description of the memory. Then you don't have clutter. Then you don't have this huge pile of stuff that just kind of just sits there for some day, maybe. Right. And then they went on to talk about some of the things that this gal was doing to distract herself from actually getting rid of things. Um, she leaves boxes unpacked. She would do laundry too much. She'd rearrange the furniture and then clean up all the time and go through shopping, go on shopping binges and scan social media, browse online stores and, you know, things, 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 things. I need more things to fill this void inside of me. And that is a falsehood that you need to fill that with your thoughts. Like I said, the object isn't where the memory lives. The memory lives inside your brain. Your memory is in your brain, just like your mindset is in your brain. Thoughts come from your brain. It's all inside you. And so what we need to do is fill that void that we're trying to fill with things through thought and our reactions to events and our reactions to things that we get. Our presence, not necessarily a gift that you unwrapped, but the present moment is acknowledging things when they come up rather than not enjoying them because you're afraid they're going to go away. Right? Some of the mantras, if you're someone that struggles with this, is acknowledging that I have a big heart. I have a desire to feel my best. I am doing this for me. Nobody's perfect. I'm doing my best. I forgive myself. I'm an amazing person. There's a lot about me to love. I, I am worthy of love. And, and you know, there's a little bit of a shame thing that is tied to people that um, tie happiness to objects. And 
it has to do with shame that you can um, work your way through by filling things up through I am statements and mantras and, and acknowledging the beautiful person that you are. There's no one on this earth that is exactly like you. You're unique, which is a good thing. Life would be pretty boring if we were all the same, right? Everybody would have terrible dad jokes like I have. <laughs> but yeah, so give yourself a break. And I'm, I'm going to stop there with, with the book. Um, but it's just, it was great information. And, and I'm, what I'm doing is I'm reading off their free workbook um, that, that is available for download. You, anybody can get it. You can, it's, uh, I'm going to probably dissect this thing a little bit to get mine going. Uh, the big issue with the anxiety workbook right now is the formatting. Um, it, it's, I'm trying to figure out, and this is just my own problem. I, I work on a MacBook, um, but the, the place that I'm going to print them off and sell them, it's uh, like Word, Microsoft Word. So I, I actually just bought um, Office for my MacBook. And so I'll be able to format that. And it's, it's already done. It's just, I got to format it and I'm, I'm not great at it. So it's taken me a little while longer, but it's a great workbook. It's free. You can download it. Book is take control of your life with Mel Robbins. That's how to silence fear and win the mental game. It was unexpected. Um, she's got the five second rule. It's an also a good book. I always thought of her as like a, like a inspirational speaker. I don't use motivation as you guys know. Um, motivation is not a positive thing. Um, in my opinion, motivation is getting yourself up, dragging yourself out into the garage right now and working out. That's motivation is motivating yourself to do something you don't want to do. Inspiration is someone like a Mel Robbins or Tony Robbins or Les Brown, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, inspiring you with ideas. Motivation is the action that you take behind those ideas. And so this book was a nice surprise from her. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of her stuff. I've listened to the five second rule and that was it. Um, but this one is good. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, I highly suggest it. You know, we got time right now to listen to a book. If you got any questions on any of the things I talked about on this episode, please reach out anxietywad at gmail.com. Hit me up on any of the social medias on anxietywad and have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. It will come back around if you practice social distancing. We will have our lives back, I promise you. We will figure this out, guys, I promise. We'll see you later.